The pattern of revival has been pretty consistent in its basics since the 16th century in Scotland. God started something new and that it, it just kept repeating over and over and over again. Revival tides coming in, revival tides going out. The basic patterns of revival have been pretty consistent over all those years. And one of the patterns is that revivals are almost always opposed. And they're not opposed by pagans. They're not necessarily opposed by Catholics, although we have a, a kind of an impression that um, the Catholics are the ones that persecuted the Protestants. But actually what happened is the Protestants began to experience revival and then other Protestants were against the revival. And almost all of the persecution that happened in Britain that sent persecuted Christians to America that we you know, faith of our fathers living still in spite of dungeon, fire, and sword. You know, what? who was doing all the fire and sword and dungeons? Well, it was mostly Protestant Christians who were against revival. That's who was doing it. So, for example, James I of England. But yeah, that's the guy that we call um, the... Bible, the version of the Bible after James, the King James Version. This is the guy who really started the pattern of persecution of people who have experienced revival. And uh, James, before he became James I of England, he, he was James VI of Scotland. So he grew up in Scotland during the time between the first revival tide and the second revival tide. I don't know if I've shared with you about the second revival tide where the prophet John Davidson uh, called a meeting of the General Assembly at St. Giles Cathedral. Have I told you this? And uh, all 400 people, uh, 400 clergy, uh, came from all over Scotland to to consider one item on the agenda, and that was John Davidson, who um, said that Jesus has a contention with the clergy, and so he was going to speak about the sins of the clergy. And they all respected his prophetic anointing enough that they actually came to hear what he had to say. And after he spoke all of these things, the clergy suddenly were overwhelmed with grief because Jesus was showing up at St. Giles and he was, <laughs> it's, it's hard to describe what happens in revival. People encounter the King of Kings. And when that happens, your agenda goes out the window and suddenly you're in the presence of the king of the universe. This does, you don't go through that experience without being changed. And so virtually all of the clergy end up on their faces 
weeping because of their sins. And that's the beginning of the second revival tide. Well, what happens when you experience the presence of the king, the glory and the majesty of the king during a revival season? Sometimes he hands out destinies. And so here go all of these clergy with fresh destinies and a fresh experience of the king that they are serving. And it changes, it changes the Church of Scotland, the Kirk of Scotland. And uh, one of the things that happened was that um, those people began to believe that Jesus actually is the King of Kings. So soon after that happened in Edinburgh, uh, the King of Scotland, James VI, decided to abscond with money that was earmarked for the church, the Kirk of Scotland, and use it for some silly thing that he wanted it for. And John Welsh, the son-in-law of John Knox, so this is the next generation now, um, 1597 or 8, uh, criticized King James for doing that. Well, James did not like to be criticized. And uh, so he began to harbor resentments against the Scottish clergy, not only John Welsh, but others who dared to criticize him. And during all this time now, between 1596 and 1603, which is when James went south to become the King of England as well as the King of Scotland. During that time, he developed a uh, finished theology of royalty. And he agreed with other kings on a doctrine called the divine right of kings. Basically, it says that uh, the king of a nation is the uh, unchallenged um, ruler from God and uh, represents God to the nation and can never be criticized. Uh, he's above the law. He's above parliaments. He's above the law. And so that's um, what James believed when he went south to become the king of England, and uh, he coined, by the way, he coined the word Great Britain um, because now he is the first to rule over England, Scotland, and Ireland. And so he's really combining three thrones for the first time in history, those three thrones. He believes in the divine right of kings, and he's going to establish a pattern of persecuting everyone who criticizes him. And that's exactly what happened with James and John Welsh and all the others who dared to criticize him. He shut down the General Assembly, the free operation of the General Assembly, and he put in jail or uh, he made the clergy to go off in little uh, unpopulated uh, areas uh, where they wouldn't cause him any trouble. And he, he 
made John Welch and his wife, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Knox, uh, spend the rest of their lives in France. In other words, um, if you're going to oppose or criticize James, he's going to deal with you in his way. And that is the pattern that uh, James established so that now um, James's son, Charles I, going to do the same thing. Charles II, grandson, all these patterns of persecution are going to get worse. And they're going to spread out to anybody, the Quakers, uh, the Puritans. You get all of these people. If they, if they experience anything like revival, they are going to be put in prison. And it's going to get worse. They're going to be Lots of people lost their lives for the single reason that Jesus was pouring out revival again. It happened again in Scotland in 1638 and then during the killing times in the 1660s. And uh, the more these kings persecute the Christians, the more Jesus is going to meet with them and the more the power of revival is going to spread and deepen and become a national phenomenon in Scotland. So they're going to be called covenanters because they made a covenant with Jesus. This is because they're meeting in revival tides with Jesus himself. He's appearing with them, and, and it, it's, it's setting up uh, a terrible pattern of, of Jesus more or less kind of insisting on his own way, and yet these kings insisting on their way. Who's going to win? Well, um, the, the drama is going to keep going in America, and so revivals kept going in America, and the opposition kept going in America as well.